What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills, and you can find me on Twitter at NoahMoreParties or at NoahMoreParties.com, where I rank and write about running backs. And today, I, I'm looking for elite fantasy ceilings out of my early round running backs. These these beta cuck fantasy analysts have their their models and their metrics and their algorithms to identify which players to pick and, you know, they're pounding on their their abacus. But that's not me. I have three easy thresholds that doctors don't want you to know about to help identify elite fantasy ceilings at running back. Let's get into it. Since 2013, so in the last decade, the RB33 of that decade, so essentially, you know, a top three running back in an average, you know, like the worst top three running back of the last 10 years averaged 20 points per game. The average RB1, like RB1 overall, averaged 25 points per game. So if we use those as our thresholds for, you know, elite fantasy ceiling and like league winning RB1 overall fantasy ceiling... 20 points per game, 25 points per game. Every running back in the last decade who averaged at least 20 PPR points per game while playing at least half a season in the last decade reached at least one of these three thresholds. Number one, 300 carries. 300 carries. That's that's a lot of carries. Number two, 100 targets. Also a lot of targets. And number three, 17 touchdowns. They, they all did one of those three things based on a 17-game pace. Some of them played, you know, 12 games, didn't quite get to 300 carries, but were pacing for it. So, so I counted that. Uh, whatever, however many games you played, you had to play eight games, but that's the pace at which 20 point per game scores play. And every 25 plus point per game score in the last 10 years at running back has hit at least two of those thresholds. Two guys hit all three of them. 2019 Christian McCaffrey, 2016 David Johnson, both hit all three, but identifying guys in the current player pool who can hit those thresholds, one or more of them, I think is a good way of focusing on fantasy breaking upside in the early rounds. So I'm going to go through RB15 through RB1 uh, uh, by current ADP over on Underdog. And the first, you know, at, at the back end of that list, we got guys like Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think they, any of those four guys have the ability to reach any of these thresholds this season. 17 touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. You would need to be in a good team and you would need to be your team's primary goal line back. Brees Hall could do that, you know, assuming the Jets are good, but I don't know how long it's going to take for him to like get back to, you know, where we'd want to see him after the ACL injury. So it's hard to bet on any like, you know, season long type numbers or even season-long pace type numbers from a guy who might start the season pretty, you know, pretty damn slow. Kenneth Walker isn't going to get the volume there with Zach Charbonnet on the team, especially as a receiver, but even as a runner, I don't see him getting 300 carries in a season. Travis Etienne isn't a super high volume rusher either, but now Bigsby's there to be like a more effective breather back than they had last season. He might also take goal line work. He might also eat into Travis Etienne's receiving role. Like Etienne is capped by the presence of Bigsby and Ramondre Stevenson isn't really, doesn't really have like anything in his way of doing this. I just don't think he's like that kind of guy. Like he, he's not that guy. He's good. He's like, he could do like 70% in all three of these. He could have what? 220 carries, 70 targets and 12 touchdowns. That would not surprise me, but to go 300, 170, like even to even hit one of those for Ramondre would surprise me quite a bit given the offense he's on, 
the kind of passing game volume he's seen before. And like, it would just be a massive increase in his rushing workload. And, you know, Damian Harris isn't there. So, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see. Uh, but that would be a pretty big increase in his in his rushing workload to hit 300 carries. So I think those guys we can we can kind of safely say probably don't have elite fantasy ceilings at least this season. One guy who I think probably hits one of these thresholds is Jameer Gibbs. He's not going to get 300 carries. It's absolutely not happening with David Montgomery on the team. It probably wouldn't happen with David Montgomery off the team. Same thing with touchdowns. But DeAndre Swift was on a 17 game pace for 102 targets on the same offense in 2021, Jameer Gibbs is probably better than DeAndre Swift, and I think this team is going to treat him as if he's better than DeAndre Swift, letting him play on more running downs, uh, just giving him a larger role in the offense in general. I wouldn't be surprised to see him run more routes, get, you know, more targets on a per-game basis than DeAndre Swift ever got in Detroit. So I think Gibbs could hit one of these. I think he could hit one of these, but carries and touchdowns are just not happening. Um, next, there's a group of guys who I also think could all hit one of them, and that's carries in Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris. They could all hit 300 carries. Najee Harris did as a rookie, almost positive Josh Jacobs did last year. Derrick Henry has multiple times. None of them are going to see 100 targets. Najee Harris is the best receiver among them. He had quite a few targets as a rookie. I think he had 94 as a rookie, um, but that went down to like 76 last season. I don't think he's going to return to where he was as a rookie as a pass catcher, given the amount of weapons they have in Pittsburgh. But even if he did, he'd be just shy of 100 targets. And I don't think any of these guys' offenses are quite good enough at this point in their careers for them to hit 17 touchdowns. Like Derrick Henry could hypothetically, you know, just drag the Titans to some touchdown drives or rip off some long runs. Like if he if he really gets hot, he could approach 15, you know, on a bad team. 17 is a lot of touchdowns, though, to rely on just getting hot for. The Raiders aren't going to be that good, um, you know, led by Jimmy Gordon. They'll be functional, but they're not going to be, like, the type of team that can line up Josh Jacobs with, like, league-leading amount of goal line touches. And the same thing with uh, the Steelers and Najee Harris. So I think those guys could all get 300 carries, but they I don't think that their lack in the other areas are going to keep their ceilings below elite in fantasy I think. RB7 right now, though, on underdog is Tony Pollard, who's kind of interesting here. You don't think of him as like a high volume guy. He's been like, you know, spelling Ezekiel Elliott for the last few years. We want him to get more work, but like how much can he really handle as like a relatively skinny guy who's got a wide receiver background, has never been his team's undisputed starting running back. He hit 193 carries last season, the most in his career, but Zeke is gone. And him and Pollard combined for 424 last season, and the Cowboys didn't really bring anybody else in. Like, Ronald Jones is on the team. I, you know, I think he can run the ball effectively, but he's not been forcing NFL teams to put him on the field for the last couple of seasons. I don't know why we suddenly bet on that now. Deuce Vaughn isn't a guy who's going to, like, cut into Tony Pollard's rushing workload a lot. He might play on third downs. I don't know where these carries are going to go if they're not going to go to Tony Pollard, and it seems crazy to project him for 300 carries, and I'm I'm not doing that, but, like, I guess crazier things have happened because there's just not a whole lot of other options here in the backfield. Similarly with his targets, he's kind of strangely maxed out at 55 in a season, um, with how dynamic he is as a receiver, it kind of feels like he's done more, but he's barely reached halfway to 100 targets in a season. I don't think uh, him and Zeke have even combined for 100 in a season before, so I, I don't know. I'm not really anticipating him being a 100 target guy, but, you know, 75, 80, 
wouldn't shock me. And then touchdowns are a little interesting too. He scored 12 last year. So, you know, with Zeke gone, seems like there's some wiggle room to add a few touchdowns. And him and Zeke combined for 24 touchdowns last year. If their offense is similarly effective, I know Kellen Moore's gone and Mike McCarthy's coming in. I think I think McCarthy's gone plays. But regardless, it's not Kellen Moore anymore. Things are going to be a little bit different. So who, who knows how that changes things with the offense. But assuming they can be as effective, at least, as they were and give their running backs as many opportunities as they did last season, Pollard, you know, there are, there are 17 touchdowns up for grabs in this offense, even if they experience some significant regression. I'm not personally betting on Pollard to get 300 carries, 100 targets or 17 touchdowns any one of them but he could smash if they like are still a good offense and if they decide to run Pollard into the ground here on like a this there's not this is just a one-year deal that he's on there's no future to this contract so maybe this is like a Josh Jacobs situation last year where I know he didn't get you know 100 targets I don't think he scored quite 12 or 17 touchdowns but they would have let him if he could you know score 17 touchdowns and he got a lot of work on the ground more than he ever had with the Raiders. You know, it wouldn't shock me if that happened with Pollard. He just doesn't feel like a guy that gets a ton of work, so I wouldn't bet on it. Next, we have Nick Chubb, though, at RB6, who broke 300 carries for the first time in his career last year, a season in which the Browns were 18th in points and 13th in total yards across the league. So they were a a decent offense, a decent team. But I think if, if, if Deshaun Watson... It returns to something resembling the form he had with the Texans this season. Like, if he starts playing quarterback well again, that's going to equal more sustained drives for Nick Chubb and more leads that they're going to play with if they have a near-MVP-level quarterback on their team. That's going to equal more volume for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is gone. If this team is better, there's, you know, more opportunities to run the ball closer to the end zone. They just might run more plays in general because they have the ball more often. And they're going to be milking more leads. Like, those are good things for increasing volume. I would not be shocked. I would kind of be shocked if Nick Chubb didn't carry the ball 300 times this year, honestly. Or if he didn't pace for that, uh, however many games he plays. Targets, 100 targets, abs, <laughs> not going to happen. He's never broken 50. I know I know, Kareem Hunt's gone, but Nick Chubb is just not that guy as, as a receiver. They, they could... F- I mean, Carlos Hyde had a super high, you know, volume season. Leonard Fournette's had 100 target seasons. It's not impossible for guys like this, but he's a screen pass and a swing pass catcher. He's not a dude who's going to, like, create his own targets downfield. They've got Deshaun Watson, at quarterback. I don't think he's a guy that, like, he's not Jared Goff. He's not going to rely on checkdowns. It's just not going to happen. Touchdowns, Chubb scored between 8 and 13 every year. He needs Watson to be really good to set him up for 17 touchdowns. Wouldn't shock me, though. Like, I, I think Nick Chubb has a sneaky, like, super elite fantasy ceiling this year. Like, 20 points per game for the first time in his career would not shock me with a lot of rushing volume on a better team giving him more touchdown opportunities. And he might see the most receiving work he's ever seen. With This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Kareem Hunt not on the team. Maybe he gets 40, 50 receptions to go with 16 touchdowns and 1,700 yards on the ground. Like, that would be a really nice fantasy season, and I think it's within reach for Nick Chubb this year. Saquon Barkley is the RB5 right now in underdog. 300 carries could happen. He was pacing for 313 last year and I think 16 games. Targets, it's, he also feels like a guy who gets more receiving work than he actually does, but he hasn't paced for more than 80 targets in a season since he was a rookie. But his route participation rate has been high, and the rate at which he gets targeted on a per-route basis is high. So he's running a lot of routes and getting targeted a lot on those routes. But the Giants have been 25th, 17th, and 26th in total pass attempts in the last three years. They just don't throw enough for Barkley to hit his receiving ceiling. He needs more pass volume. I don't know that there's like a, you know, a reason we should expect them to, you know, see some sort of philosophical shift this year when they, you know, weren't throwing the ball a lot last year. But if they decide to... This is one that Saquon could hit. And then touchdowns, he's maxed out at 15 as a rookie um, and has never really come close since. I think he had 10 last year. But if they get if they get a lot better on offense, it could happen. I just don't see any reason why they would get a lot better on offense. So 300 carries, I think, could happen. If they decide to throw the ball more, 100 targets can happen. I don't know if those things could necessarily happen concurrently. If the Giants decide to throw the ball more and Saquon gets 100 targets, they've probably run the ball less, and he's now, you know, maybe not quite hitting 300. So I could see him hitting one of these at a time. I don't think Saquon has a truly elite fantasy ceiling this year, probably capped below uh, 20 points per game. Then Jonathan Taylor is the RB4. He had 332 carries in 2021, was pacing for 297 in, I think, 11 games last season. They might lean into it with the running game with Anthony Richardson now on the team, a guy who needs a little bit of development as a passer, but is going to enter the league as maybe the most dynamic rushing quarterback in the league. Like, they could just lean into that run-heavy thing. It's it's not as if they haven't been run heavy in recent years anyway, but they could really lean into that hard, and JT could easily get 300 carries in in you know an offensive environment like that. Targets not happening. He's been maxed out at 51 in his career now with a you know with a running quarterback. Jonathan Taylor's probably never going to get 100 targets in a season. Touchdowns. He scored 20 in 2021. If Anthony Richardson you know has a stellar rookie year and they turn into a functional offense. This could happen with Jonathan Taylor, you know, 17 or more touchdowns because he's also liable to rip off, you know, an 80 yarder, a 60 yarder, 45 yarder, you know, once every couple weeks, he's going to rip off a long run and boost his numbers that way. And then if they give him more goal line opportunities by Anthony Richardson, like leading a, you know, a low key dynamic offense, Jonathan Taylor could score a lot of touchdowns. So carries touchdowns could both happen for him here. If Anthony Richardson hits as a rookie and their offense looks good, Jonathan Taylor's going to have an elite fantasy ceiling. Next is Austin Eckler at RB3. I don't see him getting uh, 300 carries in a season. He's maxed out at 219 on a 17-game pace in 2021. He had barely over 200 again last year. 
I mean, he's a durable player and can handle a large workload for the size of guy that he is, uh, but he's not a 300 carry guy. Part of that is because he gets targeted a lot. He's involved in the passing game too. He's already hit 100 or more targets twice in a season. He was also on a 100 target pace in 2021 when his total was a little bit lower than 100. But the the Chargers have been fourth in the league in neutral game script pass rate in the last two seasons when Eckler has been elite in fantasy. Fourth in the league in neutral pass rate. Dallas with Kellen Moore in the last four years have been 15th in the league in neutral pass rate. So if the Chargers throw a little bit less now that they're, you know, they maybe have an offensive coordinator who has like a philosophical bent towards running the ball more than their, you know, the past offensive coordinator, maybe they'll throw less and run a little bit more and Eckler won't be able to quite hit, you know, maybe he gets like 240 carries and 90 targets instead of the, you know, 120 he was getting. That kind of lowers his ceiling a little bit. 20 and 18 touchdowns in the last two years. He's been a touchdown machine. It'll be interesting to see how his red zone usage changes with Kellen Moore, but he obviously has access to this um, as part of his, you know, kind of fantasy production repertoire. He could get 100 targets and he could get over 17 touchdowns. He's not getting 300 carries. I think I'm a little bit lower on Eckler's you know, elite fantasy upside this year after thinking about this this pass rate thing coming in with Kellen Moore. Maybe that lowers Eckler's pass game usage. That's been, his receptions numbers have been so important to boosting the PPR output that he's, you know, creating. If that goes away a little bit and is replaced by some extra bump in carries, I think he loses a little bit of his ceiling. He's still probably going to be a top five running back. Maybe not RB1, but if they do throw the ball as much as they have been, I don't see any, any reason why he couldn't have an elite fantasy ceiling this year. Next is Bijan at RB2. 300 carries, he could do it. Rookie running backs who were taken in the top 16 picks of the draft, so first half of the first round, rookie running backs average 14.7 carries per game in the last 10 years. On a 17-game pace, that's 250 carries. So if he was just average for where he was picked in the draft, he would have 250 carries this season. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson combined for 354 last season. Most of those are probably going to go to Bijan. I think he could hit, he's going to flirt with 300, if not go over it. Uh, Najee Harris at 307 as a rookie. And Arthur Smith is just, so committed to running the ball. 52% run to pass ratio last season. They were the only team in the league that was running the ball more than they were throwing it. And then 50% pass run ratio in 2020 with the Titans. Same thing in 2019. Not very many teams are, are running the ball just as often as they throw it. Arthur Smith is one who consistently does. The only year in the last four years in which his teams weren't running at least half the time was in 2021 when Cordero Patterson, a wide receiver and kick returner, was his starting running back. So when he's got functional running backs back there, guys who actually play the position, he's running the ball a ton. Bijan Robinson is certainly a functional running back who actually plays the position. Would not be surprised if he got a ton of rushing volume this year. Targets, probably not enough team passing volume to get there. Even as a team that wasn't running the ball very often and had a starting, you know, had a, had a wide receiver starting at running back, Cordero Patterson only had 69 targets in 2021, you know, with some similar offensive personnel and, and you know, the same play caller. I don't think Bijan is going to hit 100, especially given the other weapons they have in the passing game. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, if Desmond Ritter can actually throw the ball, like those guys are going to be the ones probably getting most of the targets. Bijan could get 80, I wouldn't be surprised by, but he's not getting 100. Um, and then touchdowns, I don't think this team's good enough for him to get 17 touchdowns, honestly. Other than Derrick Henry, every running back with 10 or more attempts inside the five-yard line last season was on an offense that finished top half in the league in either yards, points, 
or both. I don't think the Falcons are going to be a top half of the league team in either yards or points and is beat like we're betting that he's just Derrick Henry you know creating within the five yard line opportunities for himself essentially like Bijan's gonna be good it's tough to bet on him being like that big of an outlier I don't think his fantasy ceiling is elite this season probably a solid RB1 but probably not like a top three guy and the last year is Christian McCaffrey carries 300 or more is unlikely in 2019 when he had a 98% snap share and a 91% opportunity share, both ridiculous, both unheard of in the modern NFL, you know, current distribution in backfields, that he had a 305 carry pace that season. All other years when he, you know, he's not really even come close, he's going to need to play that much again. Uh, there's Elijah Mitchell is on this team. San Francisco always finds guys to plug in at running back, but he's not going to play enough to get 300 carries. He played at a 190 carry pace in games with Elijah Mitchell last season. He's probably going to be somewhere around 200 carries this year. Uh, targets? He could maybe get over 100. He's done it four times in his career, but this Elijah Mitchell thing calls that into question as well. 91 targets was his 17-game pace in games with Elijah Mitchell last season. That's significant. If Christian McCaffrey is not going to be a 100-target guy, probably not going to be much more than 200-carry guy. It's interesting, like, where does his, you know, he's the RB1 right now. I've been a proponent of him at RB1. Going through this exercise kind of calls into question in my mind, like, is Christian McCaffrey truly in a situation here alongside another competent running back who's going to play quite a bit, you know, at least based on their history together in, you know, half a season's worth of games from last year? Is McCaffrey going to play enough to be like the guy he's being drafted at or the guy he's being drafted as? I'm not sure he does. It would not shock me if he got 100 carry or 100 targets, but it's worth pointing out that the sample of games we have of these guys playing with each other or of Christian McCaffrey not getting 100 targets. Touchdowns, uh, he's only done this once. He scored 19 in 2019. And this is kind of a spot where I think he might score more than it seems like he could. Even with Mitchell, in the six games with Mitchell last season, his 17-game pace would have been 34 carries from within the 10-yard line and 20 carries from within the 5-yard line. Both of those would have been second in the league, even while playing with like a two-down thumper, kind of, at least a, a pure two-down runner, in Elijah Mitchell. He averaged 26.3 fantasy points per game, though, in games without Elijah Mitchell while playing on the 49ers, 16.7 with Elijah Mitchell in the lineup. That's a massive drop-off, almost 10 points per game with and without Elijah Mitchell. That could be bad news for people drafting him as the RB1 um, if Elijah Mitchell's going to be involved, and I don't see why he wouldn't. Christian McCaffrey's a relatively old running back, suffered from injuries in the past, not a huge dude. Like, they probably don't want to force him onto the field for 85% of the snaps. Christian McCaffrey might not have the elite fantasy ceiling we've seen from him during his time with the Panthers. At the end of this exercise, I kind of think the guys I would bet on most for, like, elite numbers this season in fantasy are Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, followed by Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and then some dark horse candidates with Tony Pollard especially, and then Bijan Robinson and Saquon Barkley, I think, are long shots to do it. Thanks for watching. Hit like, hit subscribe, follow me on Twitter. Have a great... When is this coming out? It's coming out on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week. See you on Saturday. Peace. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.